I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Not me, not Hermione, you. <laughs> Look at that, it's fine. <laughs> and this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to another episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host, Drew Crawford, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Allen. That's me! And uh, unfortunately, our other co-host, Kyle Koss, couldn't be here tonight. Uh, sometimes you just need a little R&R to get away from uh, the two idiots you share a podcast <laughs> with, But so we, we understand. Yes. Um, but we he's here in spirit, mm. and probably also because he'll end up editing this <laughs> podcast for us anyway, so yeah. his fingerprints will be all over it. Yeah. Right, and if we were to badmouth him at all, I'm sure it would not end up in the episode. Uh, but No, of course not. I'm sure if we mess up at all, it will, of course, end up in the intro. Oh, yes, that, that gets recorded uh, and reported nonstop. But thank you again for joining us. If you're listening to us, that means that uh, you are one of our 30 followers and that you're probably a beautiful person, inside and out. I've been told that we have the handsomest and both most, well, what should I say here? Mm, yeah, we'll just go with the most beautiful cast of all time. <laughs> cast? Oh, yeah. shoot. I'm an audience. That's for sure. But, you know, <laughs> you hear what you... Freudian uh, slip. Yeah. Uh, but tonight we'll be doing another Now Stream episode as we talk about the shows we've been watching, the movies we've been watching, give you a quick review, and let you know if you should watch them and uh, where mm-hmm. you can find them. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a couple real quick I'll get started with. Two in particular that I've talked about in the past, uh, I'll be quick about, but the Halo finale uh, finally came out, and I watched that, oh, and wow. uh, just wanted to give my overall opinions on, on the show. It's um, it's just real fine, guys, and, <laughs> and like fine might even be a stretch. It's yeah. like real kind of bad. Um, oh, no. Yeah, there's there's a couple redeeming parts that make it really fun. The first episode is fun. The last episode is fun. And then there's a lot of stuff in the middle that you're like, what are we even watching? And why does this relate to me yeah. and Halo? This is not what I want. Mm. Uh, give me my video game. That's what I realized. It's like, I just wanted to play the video game. Uh, does Do you feel like it's like a financial thing? Like they couldn't afford to have Master Chief in every single... Like a super soldier scene in every single epi- scene? I don't think so. I think it's that they wanted to expand the universe for you a little bit mm. and try to make you care about other characters outside of just Master Chief. Gotcha. Um, As I, and I, I think had that, that that was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. They had. I, I only care about Master Chief. I don't care about anybody else. Uh, so <laughs> when he went away for like three episodes, I was like, why am I even watching this yeah. show? three whole episodes that's too many i don't know it felt like that it felt like a long yeah it's like a third of the show he's not in wow um i know they yeah, had come but, out with a, that odst halo game where you're not a super soldier and that was very yeah. popular so when you you'd mentioned it before that master chief wasn't an episode i was like oh they're doing their odst like uh every man soldier game nah. episode mm, that makes nah. me sad so yeah, ha- um, did, was this a show that you got Paramount Plus for? No, I got Paramount Plus for. Uh, well, you know what? I take that back. 
It was this show. I did download <laughs> it for this show. Uh, and then I found some other good stuff that was on Paramount Plus that kept okay. me coming back. Okay. Uh, including The Offer, Ooh. Uh, which is on Paramount Plus, which is a great show. So if you download, if you're like me and downloaded Paramount for Halo, you can quit that and then you can start watching The Offer because uh, that's the making of The Godfather and it has yes, a, a yes. great cast. Uh, Miles Teller leads that and it's very fun. It's very interesting. The characters and the dialogue uh, is very, very well written. And then I think it's also just interesting to see a little behind the scenes. I don't know how much of it is, you know, verbatim fact and how much of it is dramatized. But regardless, it's a good story. And mm-hmm. it's about a thing that I really like, which is The Godfather. And specifically about making movies. Um, that's the really interesting part to me is, mm. you know, we've talked about it on the show before. We don't know what a producer does. <laughs> and it's kind of been a, a running gag. But on here, you get to see firsthand how movies get made mm-hmm. and what it's like at the studio. And obviously, this was a different time. But it's like what it's like at the studio, what it's like with the actors, what it's like working as a producer and getting investors and doing all of that stuff. So that was really interesting. And... To see all the struggles that this movie had to go through and has now become widely regarded as one of the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's very fun. So I would highly recommend The Offer on Paramount+. Plus. Um, So far, 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, I'm I'm really digging it. The silver lining of Paramount+. Plus. Yes. Uh, And then finally, my last one... (sighs) I hate that I even have to admit this, but I basically lost a bet and had to watch Morbius. <laughs> that was the pick of the other people in the group. And I had to watch oh, this trash movie. And I'm so mad about it. And worse, the only way to watch it was I had to buy it. I had to buy the movie. Oh, no. I have to imagine yeah, that was, it was like $30. Uh, well, I ended up, because it was like going to be $20 to buy that one movie, and it was $30 to buy that movie, Venom, and Venom 2, I was like, all right, I'll bite the bullet. Wow. What a so beautiful tr- multi-edition. Multi-edition. Yeah, I got a trilogy of bad, but I <laughs> at least I got a deal on it. Um, man, that movie is horrible. Oh, no. The timeline makes no sense. The There's just so many plot holes. The The character arcs like are insane Mm -hmm. and then they just they're hoping that you'll forget it when you see jared leto with his shirt off which like wasn't a selling point for me i don't know (laughs) i just was really out on the whole movie and i can't recommend not seeing this enough and if you do lose a bet and feel like you have to see it just take it from me. You don't. It's yeah. it's better to be known as someone who welches on a bet <laughs> than to see this movie. Wow, wow. You know, I I that was unexpected that you had seen the movie. Not unexpected. Your review of it. I didn't want to see it. I went on record on the podcast saying I didn't want to see it. I don't know if there's a and a couple morb heads talked me into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this or not. There's a huge like subreddit culture about morbius and these people are freaking obsessed with it wow that uh that makes sense actually if you if you were to explain to me reddit and then also the fact that morbius is big on reddit i i could connect those dots 
Yeah, there's a bunch of people who argue that it's like the greatest movie of all time. Well, they clearly haven't seen Eternals then. Uh, but I don't know if there was a co-host on this podcast that wrote against Morbius harder than you. And I feel like this is cosmic karma coming back at you. And being like, yeah. you know which one of us is going to sit through that? You. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I could bite the bullet for the team. Yeah. Somebody had to. Somebody had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But Drew, what have you been watching this week? Yeah. Well, I've watched a few things. And I'd actually watched two weeks ago since I was the one who had missed the podcast. Um, and I got to... I, I, ex- I missed the Lost City commentary that uh, y'all went through on the now streaming episode and i was really excited to hear y'all's takes i believe crawford you're the one had seen it correct yes um and then i i agreed with a lot of the things you said i think a different a big difference for us um is that me and my wife went to the theater and saw it and so it was kind of like a a uh, a date night movie and it was the best rom-com i've seen in a while like it was the first movie i've been like wow this is a straight up romantic comedy this mm-hmm. is not like a superhero movie this is not an action thriller this is not a love story deadpool this is just a, a rom-com and an action movie as well and it was really fun everybody in it was having fun making the movie like you could tell daniel radcliffe was having fun being crazy you can tell brad pitt was having fun being I don't even know what his character was, but it was perfect. Like, if you were to make Channing Tatum the, essentially the number two to anybody else, it's Brad Pitt. Like, that was perfect casting. Of Like, what's the action movie star version of Channing Tatum? It's Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's like, hey, Channing Tatum, remember who you were in G.I. Joe? And it's like, yeah, it's like... <laughs> Okay, we want you to be that guy from 21 Jump Street. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, who's going to be the guy from G.I. Joe? Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. That was just absolutely perfect. And I don't think that's rude to say. I don't think you could be insulted by saying Brad Pitt is your Hollywood double. I feel like that that just, all boats rise in that in that scenario. I also love that Brad Pitt keeps doing this where he keeps taking like bit roles in movies i wanted to bring this up this was my main point i wanted to bring up which who has better cameos brad pitt or ryan reynolds because they both have no hesitation to play small parts to do tiny little things almost throwaway stuff and they bring their star power to these throwaway parts and it's hilarious and incredible yeah i think the difference for me is that Ryan Reynolds, in my opinion, does it because he knows it's going to be funny. Yeah. And Brad Pitt does it because he's like, all right. I mean, maybe he thinks it'll be funny, too. But I think also he's like, it's a good way for him to get a paycheck. I don't know. <laughs> well, him as the Invisible Man in Deadpool 2 yeah, could be the greatest cameo of all time. Like, legitimately yeah. across... All multiverses. Um, Just coming out of nowhere. He's also played the weatherman on like a Comedy Central news channel show. They're just like, we're going to cut to our weatherman, and it's just Brad Pitt. (laughs) You could tell the host of the show is like dumbfounded that they got Brad Pitt to be the weatherman. (laughs) But somebody just asked him, hey, do you want to be a weatherman? And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. (laughs) And he he just gets paid Uh, like a regular daily actor's wage. 
Well, good on him. I, I appreciate when actors are willing to do that and take little yeah. tiny bit roles because they know it will enhance the movie yeah. in some form or fashion. And they'll lend their star power to it, like you said. And uh, I think that's really fun. Yeah, and it proves that they don't take themselves too seriously also, which is yeah. I appreciate. You know, I'm not some guy who's looking for this stuffy, you know. I guess our all of our Oscar talk can kind of tell you where our, our stance is on Stuck Up Hollywood. Sure. Uh, that's a that's a good point. But I, I uh, thoroughly but, enjoyed Lost City. I think it's where it's a great fun watch, especially if you're if you like date night, you want a rom com. I think it, it it's fun for both parties, for everyone involved. Yeah, I, I agree. Um it it is nice to have a little rom com that takes you back to like, oh, this is what it was like in the two thousands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we were blowing out rom coms like every three yeah. days. Yeah, and it, I think maybe just I've seen so many superhero movies in a row that it was also a nice change-up in that factor as well. Yeah. A little romancing the stone thrown in there. Never heard anyone. Um, what else you got? I got a heavy sci-fi uh, fantasy movie next we're going to go to. It's kind of a throwback. It stars a young Ethan Hawke, so that tells you how throwbacky we're going here. But have you seen the movie Gattaca? No. Okay, so I had... Uh, talked with a friend of mine, and we had he, he had heard that I did a movie podcast, and he and I'd learned for the first time that he was a movie addict, and so we talked and shared some of our favorites, and he mentioned Gattaca, which I had not seen, and he had all the praise for it, and so I went and watched it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's like a futuristic society where people can edit the genes of your baby before it's born, so you can mm-hmm. make it the perfect being, and then Ethan Hawke plays a character who was born out of love so he didn't get his genes edited and he has to fight in the society to become an astronaut essentially he wants to make it to jupiter and so he like uh he goes on the black market and buys essentially jude law's genes who is a genetically enhanced human but got paralyzed and so he can't do anything anymore and so their dynamic is really cool and it's just a really well-made movie and it strikes me as a movie that makes me want to read the book that it's based off of. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's I can. T- there's a lot of voiceover, which doesn't always lend for the most dynamic of movie uh, viewing experience. Sure. But the writing's good, and the philosophy that the movie deals with is super interesting. And so it really made me want to get into that book and figure out how they how that kind of translates to the page. I think that is honestly some of the best feedback that a book can get that's been turned or sorry that a movie can get that was based off of a book because I think it's really easy for sci-fi and fantasy books and novels to be read and people go wow the story is amazing Mm -hmm. I I need to make a movie out of it or TV show out of it and then those suck (laughs) and then they turn people away from the from the story itself but on the flip side of that some sci-fi and fantasy has been really well done and draws people in yeah like i've never read the original lord of the rings books but i saw the movies and was like i want to read the books (laughs) right Uh, right i started with game of thrones as a show loved the show so much that i went back and listened to all of the books that have come out so far Mm. Now, once they lost their source material, 
you know, we all know what happened. But (laughs) the show was really well done to start. And I think when a sci-fi movie makes you want to go back to the original source material, Mm -hmm. it's a credit to the director and the actors and the writers that adapted it to say, hey, you actually did your job. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy to mess that up. Yeah, yeah, I, I thoroughly agree. And there's been a ton of scenarios in which that hasn't happened, where people adapted the but like the original um, Dune. The original Dune was not so mm. was that way. You know, phenomenal story. Apparently, I haven't read the books, but the movie was just bonkers crazy. And yeah. this Gattaca is not so sci-fi that there's like flying cars and you know there there's just like science is just a little bit better in the future they can edit genes they can they can go to jupiter go to jupiter right it's, yes exactly so there it, it's a fun level that they can they could do back when ethan hawk was a young leading man type um without because old sci-fi can get way too cgi e and it just doesn't play well but this was a, a, a good level of sci-fi for that time, and I think they crushed it. So I would recommend cool. it. It's on Netflix. It's for freezies. There's no reason to not watch it if, you're, big. if you got the time. And then the last thing I want to talk about is some trashy reality TV. Um, my wife loves mm. all of those Feed shows. Feed the American soul. <laughs> uh, it's like we've evolved from The Bachelorette to the Are You the One, the Love Islands, and all of that. Um but this time, we finished one show and read the synopsis for Baywatch, which is not the David Hasselhoff Baywatch, but B-A-E Watch on okay. Netflix. And the like description tells you that it's a show where uh, the in-laws of a couple are unsure about their relationships. They want to figure out what's going on. Are they really in love or are they just there for the wrong reasons, essentially? So the couple wins a trip, a vacation to this villa where their in-laws can see everything that's going on in cameras and they're watching from another room and judging them and asking them questions about, like, why do you love them? Do you What's your stance on relationships? Are you in it, you know? the right reasons or do you just like her do you love her are you boyfriend girlfriend and it seems really messed up and i didn't like it at first like the first two episodes left a sour taste in my mouth but the next day me and my wife were like we'll give it one more shot because it's interesting as a concept and then i finally realized what's great about this show and tell me it's not that these couples are terrible and these parents get to call them out on their BS. But it's that these parents and in-laws are absolutely insane. They are crazy. (laughs) And episode three, you finally get to see like the, the boyfriends in the relationship, her, his mom is absolutely insane. Like this girlfriend is an angel essentially and the boyfriend is he's fine he's not terrible but he drinks a lot on an episode and or he drinks a lot on one of the nights and gets drunk and they get into a fight and the mom's like he doesn't drink 
he told me he doesn't drink, so he doesn't drink. That's not real drink. She's like, it's just devoid of all reality. Everything is her fault. Her son can do nothing wrong. And it's the most mm. awkward thing. But the announcer behind the show is kind of like, can you not have anything nice, you know? Like, they don't talk to her, but just the narrator of everything going on. Yeah. And so I was like, wow. Oh, so there's like layers of voyeurism here. Yeah. <laughs> like the narrator is watching the parents watch the kids. <laughs> yeah. And like you're along with the narrator yes. watching them watch them. Yes. But it turns out that the kids actually have a reverse camera and they can see <laughs> you watching the show. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's the next level. That's uh, But like the, the couples are only have been dating for like three months max. And so at the beginning, you're like, well, yeah, no, duh. They're not the most deep in love relationship. They've only been dating for three months. But then you realize, no, this is about these crazy in-laws who can't leave anything private and have to be watching 24-7 to find any little bit of drama or gossip they can. And it really shows you how crazy... um, both the parents can get, but also sometimes the, the couples can get a little gone, which who wouldn't sometimes on vacation? You need to. Re- reality TV is not my cup of tea, but I could definitely see how that is very interesting and, and fun to watch. Uh, what what channel is it on? That's on Netflix as well. And okay. the first two episodes are kind of okay, but the third episode really kicks in. That's where you get the hook. Insanity. Yeah. Well, very fun. Uh, Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Now Streaming. Stick around for the next one as Drew and I will be breaking down the 2020 smash pandemic hit classic Bloodshot.